Good evening. Good to see each one of you here for the Wednesday night service. Let's stand together, please. Turn to page 316. Page 316 there in your hymn book. We'll begin tonight with the song, The Haven of Rest. We'll sing all three verses. Page 316. Sing it out on that first verse. My soul in sad exile was out on life's sea. So burdened with sin and distress. Till I heard a sweet voice saying, make me your choice. And I entered the haven of rest. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wide seas no more. The tempest may sweep or the wild stormy deep in Jesus I'm safe evermore. I yielded myself to his tender embrace and faith taking hold of the word. My fetters fell off and I anchored my soul. The haven of rest is my Lord. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wide seas no more. The tempest may sweep or the wild stormy deep in I'm safe evermore. The song of my soul, since the Lord made me whole, has been the old story so blessed. Of Jesus who'll save, whosoever will have a home in the haven of rest. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wide seas no more. The tempest may sweep or the wild stormy deep in Jesus I'm safe evermore. Amen. Great start tonight. What a blessing tonight. Well, it's good to be in God's house. Amen. And uh, the oasis uh, in the desert. And sure thankful tonight we can meet together uh, around the Word of God. Certainly share prayer requests and burdens. And uh, certainly praise the Lord uh, tonight. We do have some uh, answered uh, prayer. Uh, the uh, house, the missions house remodel over there passed uh, inspection. And uh, praise the Lord for that. And then uh, we did hear back from the insurance uh, company this uh, week. And it uh, looks like we are going to be able to uh, basically uh, redo our fellowship hall over there. And so that's a real blessing uh, as well. So let's go to the Lord 
in prayer tonight. Rejoice in that, but certainly pray for the services to follow. I'm going to ask Brother uh, Joe uh, uh, Quinlan if you would pray for us tonight, brother. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? Did just have a few uh, announcements I wanted to mention uh, tonight. Of course, if you did sign up for the Midwest uh, Couples Retreat, uh, looking forward to that. Our guest preacher uh, is going to be Brother Ben uh, Moore, uh, that pastors, uh, well, pastored uh, the uh, Valley Avenue Baptist Church up in Fall City, uh, Nebraska, is actually uh, just uh, now uh, headed out to uh, Glendale, Arizona, and pastoring. Uh, out there, and I don't uh, know the name of the church out there, but a good solid uh, church and called him. But he's going to be our guest uh, preacher for the couples retreat. So if you did sign up for that, don't forget about that's Friday uh, night. Uh, And then, of course, uh, Saturday morning, this coming Friday night and Saturday morning. If you haven't turned in your money, make sure you do uh, that. But sure, looking forward uh, to a good time uh, in the Lord with our uh, couples that are going to be going uh, to that, and uh, uh, praise the Lord for that. And then, of course, this coming Sunday uh, night, Brother Jeff Glazeman, uh, uh, he, he has been uh, helping us. Him and Miss Esther have been here and helping us with the uh, Missions House remodel. He's going to be presenting his ministry Wednesday night in our evening uh, service. And I did want to mention this uh, tonight because we got uh, through the inspection. There's still a few little thing, things we've got to uh, take care of, but Overall, it looked really good. The inspector was very pleased and so thankful for that, Uh, but did want to mention tonight, right after the service, if you'd like to go over to the missions house, you can. If you want to just go and look around, you can, but also if you uh, would like to, uh, you can uh, take uh, some of the framework and you can sign your name. We got some Sharpies that you can put your name down. And maybe a scripture or, or a passage or something like that, and you can put that out there. Just put the scripture out there, however you want to do it. But anyways, you can do that uh, tonight, but uh, we better do it tonight because there may be sheetrock on everything uh, by the weekend. And so I did want to mention that uh, tonight right after uh, the service. And then, of course, uh, Tuesday night, uh, February the 7th, we will be hosting volleyball and basketball games here at home uh, against Heritage uh, Baptist uh, Church there in their Christian school. And so that'll be, again, volleyball and basketball games, and that'll be at 6 o'clock in the evening. And just had a great time last time, looking forward uh, to that. And then a week from this coming Friday, February the 10th, be a teen activity. Our young people are going to be going to the youth rally there at Temple Baptist Church in El Dorado, uh, Kansas. And then, of course, February the 12th, Brother Rocky Harrell will be preaching, uh, be here filling the pulpit, preaching Sunday morning. And Sunday night. And then, of course, don't forget about February the 25th, men, is our bacon and bullets. And uh, Lord willing, we're going to get all that organized here very quickly and have some sign-up sheets for the men that would like to participate in that. And then, ladies, don't forget about the ladies' meeting uh, Tuesday, February the 28th, and that's at 7 o'clock. And then, of course, we've got church-wide outreach and all kinds of other things going on through the month of February. Church-wide outreach is Saturday, February 18th, in case you were wondering on that. All right, let's go ahead and take our prayer list out uh, tonight and uh, 
If you have that, did just want to mention a few things uh, tonight. Uh, of course, again, praise the Lord for the fellowship hall and the gym um, and uh, our insurance company coming through on that, and so thankful for that. And I'll be able to get those repairs and, and things done, and so thankful and uh, praise the Lord for that. And do continue to pray for our missions house remodel and as that is taking place as well. Did also want to mention, if you'd continue to pray for our missionaries, Brother Jack and Miss Lizzie Parker over in Japan on their survey trip. Uh, and I've already gotten uh, several uh, texts. Ja- uh, Japan does have McDonald's, and so uh, that was a pretty exciting uh, thing there. Of course, it has sushi, but I, whatever. I don't, so it has bait, yeah. So, uh, But uh, anyways, uh, do pray for them. I know they are uh, certainly busy over there, and so I've been kind of communicating back and forth a little bit. Also, if you would, pray for Donnie and uh, Marilyn Carr. Uh, they are traveling to Papua New Guinea, and I got a text from them today. They, they um, uh, made it to L.A., and then they were sailing out, or not sailing out, but flying out from there, excuse me. Um, but uh, in, anyways, uh, do pray for them. They're, going, they're related to the, our, the Crotz family, our missionaries there, and so they're going to be going and visiting their family uh, there. And then, of course, uh, we do have quite a few health issues and things like that, folks that are still battling uh, sickness and things like that. I think most everybody's kind of bounced back from it. I do want to ask if we continue to pray for Marie Christian, uh, still battling. Also, Miss Jean Wiseman, uh, if you would continue to pray uh, for her. And then uh, pray for Brother Will Kennedy. He's got uh, hernia surgery on the 10th. Is that right? Uh, February uh, the 10th. And so remember him uh, in prayer and then, let's see, I think there was one more I wanted to mention, Brother uh, Bellis, if you would pray for Brother uh, Bellis, um, uh, got his uh, toe pretty uh, bad, and so he is uh, dealing with that, and so pray for Miss Barbara as she's uh, taking care of him, amen, and uh, so I nicknamed him Big Toe Bellis tonight, amen, so but pray for him, and uh, tell, tell, uh, tell 45 we're praying for him, amen, so that's a blessing. All right, anybody else have a prayer request or an update or anything like that tonight? Brother Matt? Okay. Okay. Okay, so let's pray for... Uh, Brother Matt Whitney's uh, family, and uh, let's pray. They're uh, looking to try to buy the house that they're renting, and so uh, let's just uh, make that a matter of prayer. So, Okay, anybody else tonight? Okay, Brother Will? Yes. Yes. Mercy. Okay, so let's uh, add, um, we'll put him on there, brain cancer, mercy. Yeah, I remember when he had the lung cancer, and uh, we were able to take him off for that, so, okay. All right, well, if you talk to him, let him know we're praying for him and anything we can do, okay. All right, Brother Clark? Yes, sir. Wow, praise the Lord. All right, so well, let's continue to pray for her, but what a great update there. Praise the Lord for that. All right, yes, ma'am, Miss Sue. 
Okay. Okay. Oh my. Okay. All right, so let's add on there, brother. Yeah, brother and sister Randall, so let's pray for them uh, tonight. And of course, longtime servants there in our school. Amen. And so pray for them. All right, anybody else tonight? All right, let's go ahead and have our men uh, come tonight and uh, take up our uh, offering. So. And let's uh, remember these things uh, in prayer tonight and uh, a lot of burdens and, and things. And, uh, Amen. Brother Will Kennedy, would you pray for us tonight?
Let's stand one last time together, please. Please turn to page 321. Page 321, my sins are gone. We'll sing the first, second, and last verse together tonight. Page 321. You ask me why I'm happy, so I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. And when I meet the scoffers who ask me where they are, I say, my sins are gone. There underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary, as far removed as darkness is from dawn. In the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. Twas at the old time altar where God came in my heart, and now my sins are gone. The Lord took full possession, the devil did depart. I'm glad my sins are gone. There underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary, as far removed as darkness is from dawn. In the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. I'm living now for Jesus. I'm happy night and day because my sins are gone. My soul is filled with music. With all my heart I say, I know my sins are gone. There underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary, as far removed as darkness is from dawn. In the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. Amen. Great singing. Please remain standing. Go ahead and get your Bibles ready for the message tonight. It's a blessing. Well, I sure pray your sins are gone tonight, amen, and there's only one way they can be gone, and that's, that's through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, amen. And so trust you're saved uh, tonight, and uh, of course we are here on a Wednesday night and gathering around the Word of God, and, uh, uh, and uh, right where we are in the book of Ephesians tonight, uh, I believe uh, we are, uh, well, it should be our desire that our homes would would honor and magnify our Lord as well. Amen. So Ephesians in chapter number 6 tonight, the book of Ephesians in, in chapter number 6, and uh, we'll, we'll be in chapter 6 for quite some time, so don't think that we're almost done with the book. Amen. There's a, there is a lot, uh, a lot here, and uh, in fact, there's a lot uh, here uh, tonight, and uh, we're only going to look at four verses, but I'm not sick anymore, so it might be an hour and a half. Amen. Uh, tonight, but uh, look at verse number one. The Bible says this: "Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right." And all of God's parents said, Amen. "Exactly." Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Because if your dad was like my dad, he'd kill you. Amen. Uh, But look at number four, it says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, what I would say to you tonight is this, is that once again the principle comes to light, that just because we've changed chapters 
doesn't mean the context has changed. Uh, if you go back and you remember in the last message we saw at the end of chapter 5, really the biblical roles for marriage, all right? The husband is to lovingly lead his wife. The wife is to submit herself to his leadership with a meek and quiet uh, spirit. And so now we see that children come in under the authority of mom and dad. Yes, parents are to run the home, not the children. Amen. And so here God gives, all right, what I would call, instead of the biblical roles of marriage that ended chapter 5, the biblical roles of the home. All right, and so this is what we're going to see. And, and, don't, and listen, don't forget the overall principle here. It is God that created the home. It is God that created marriage. It is God that created all of those things. And it is God that created the church. And it is His intention that both of those things would work together to be the best that they can be. To honor and glorify our God. I, this, I, I love this. A church... I'm telling you, homes are as only as strong as the churches they are in, and churches are only as strong as the homes that are in them. They're, me- they're meant to work together. They're not meant to compete against one another. They're meant to work together. And so that's the idea. Hey, may we submit ourselves tonight. May we submit ourselves to God's plan for the marriage and God's plan for the home and be as strong as we can be. Well, why do, you, why, why do we need to do that? Well, if you look down at chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of His might, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And let me tell you where the devil's attacking right now. It's homes. It's marriages. It's children and churches. So I'm telling you, we better wake up tonight to the spiritual warfare that we're in and understand these things tonight, be willing to submit ourselves to the plan God has for us. Father, would you bless the preaching now, and Lord, help me tonight, and I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? <clears throat> now, as you, you and I get started tonight, I just, you, you know, you have, uh, uh, you know, time to sit back and just kind of chew on things and and I just I want to bring a couple of things to your attention tonight that I that I believe are really vital to our instruction here that we're getting in, in chapter number six. The first thing that I, I think would be worthy of us to make note of is the order of the scriptures. Okay? And I and I pointed this out in the last message with the biblical roles of marriage, but I believe this if you take a step back so to speak, and, and, and just and in your mind's eye, consider all of, of, of chapter 6 and, and chapter 5 and all of this. I believe all of this goes back to chapter 5. It really goes back to the instruction in verse number 18 that says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, meaning riotous living, but be filled with the Spirit of God. All right, and I believe that, and, and, and the result of that is, notice in verse number 21, it is submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, you understand the idea to submit, that's everybody's favorite subject, right? But, but you understand, to submit, it means this, it means that we properly understand God, the God-given authorities in our lives 
but then we also have the right attitude towards them. Because by the way, you can, those two things can be very different at times. In other words, you can understand the God-given authorities that God's put in your life. You're just not willing to have a right attitude towards them. So, so you understand the, the idea of submitting is the idea of not only understanding that, but then having a right attitude towards that, bringing ourselves under that, that authority. And so that, that's the idea. And the point is to say this, when you look at this as a whole, you cannot have a home that is in order with the relationships between the parents and the children if the relationships between the parents aren't in order. And by the way, and if the relationship between the parents and God aren't in order. So so you understand, do you see how all of this trickles down? That he tells the child of God to be filled with the Spirit of God. And, 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 And the reason that it begins there is because you cannot fulfill the biblical roles in marriage without being filled with the Spirit of God daily in your life. But then also to have a right relationship between the parents and the, and the children, that too will not exist unless it goes back to being a child of God that is walking daily with God and being filled with the Spirit of God in their life. So, so there's an order here. And all of this goes uh, together. His filling and leading in our lives, it helps us to properly Fulfill those roles that we are called to do, whether it be that of a spouse or that of a parent or grandparent or whatever you want to put in there, a crazy uncle. Amen. So you understand, but, but think about this though. The Bible, now, now watch this. The Bible likens children, it really likens children to trees. All right. And in one of the great verses and promises, and if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. It's a great uh, verse there in Proverbs 22 6 many of us know it it says to train up a tri- child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it what a great promise from the scriptures and, and what a blessing that is and the phrase train up there though it has the same idea of training up or growing a sapling tree into a strong stable fruit bearing adult tree Okay, and so that, that's the idea. And here's, here's what I know about, you, you know, planting trees. I don't know a whole lot, but I do know this. And pretty much anything else you want to plant. If the ground is not right, you are minimizing its chances to succeed. That's just a simple fact. And I, I know, I've, you know, when we were going through the messages on home and parenting and stuff like that, I used this illustration, but it certainly it, it explains that. But I remember when we moved from Florida, uh, the panhandle of Florida, to Springfield, Missouri, when God called me to preach. And, and, and uh, the realtor, when we bought our house, the realtor bought us an apple tree for us to plant in the backyard. Now, you understand, coming from Florida, where the ground is very soft, there's a lot of clay, stuff like that. It's lower Alabama, right? And then you move to Missouri where the ground is incredibly different. There are rocks. I swear to you to this day, I think rocks breed. They breed because I would go out of my yard and I would pull all the rocks out of the yard and then the next day I'd go back and there would be rocks. And I'm thinking either the neighborhood kids are messing with me or rocks are just, I mean, this is just crazy how, much, how many rocks were. So anyways, we got this fruit tree or this apple tree and, and uh, you know, we got 
moved in and everything, and I looked at my father-in-law, and I said, well, I guess we need to plant this, you know, this sapling tree. It's got a big, you know, plastic bucket there. It's sitting in, and, and I guess we need to go out there. So I got my shovel and, and my pickaxe and everything else. I mean, you know, jackhammer, whatever, you know, and we went out there in the backyard, and we're out there, and it's August, and in the summer, and we're, we're digging away and hammering away, and after about two hours, we made it six to eight inches. And I'm sweating, and he's sweating, and we just got through moving, mind you. And I looked at him, and I said, I'm good. He was like, all right, I'm good. It's your tree. <laughs> so we put that thing in the yard, and man, in the dirt, and we buried that thing. And two weeks later, I had a dead stick sticking up in the backyard just like that. You know why? Because the ground wasn't right. It wasn't prepared like, like it needed to be. And what I'm saying to you tonight is this, friend, is that that, that's, that's why the order of chapter number 5 is so vital that you see this because I'm, I, I'm telling you, friend, listen, if, if mom and dad, listen, mom, dad, grandma, whatever the situation, you can bring your kids to church all you want. But if you're not living it at home, I said if you're not living it at home, I'm telling you, you are, you are hindering your chances big time of producing a godly seed in your home. You, you, you have to walk with God. You have to prepare the ground. You, you cannot, listen to me, you cannot say, do as I tell you, not as I do. Because your kids are going to do what you do. You mark it down, I'm just telling you. So that means this, if you want kids that love God, then you need to learn to love God. If you want kids that... If you want kids that put God first in their life, which we should all want that, then we've got to get to a place where we learn to put God first in our life. It's as simple as that tonight. And listen, and by the way, and I, and I understand, some, some are maybe here tonight and saying, well, wait a minute, I, it's, this is, you know, be filled with the Spirit and the biblical roles and the husband and the wife, and that's not the way my house is set up. And there were some unforeseen circumstances or some poor choices that were made or, or whatever the case may be. And I understand that tonight. And I believe God understands that tonight. And you need to realize this, whatever the situation may be, and even if I haven't, even if I haven't mentioned it tonight, you need to know this, that God knows where you're at. God forgives. God gives grace. And let me encourage you tonight. You may have a spouse that's lost. You, you may uh, be a single parent tonight, battling it out and doing your best. Don't give up. And don't get discouraged. Because if you'll do your best at where you're at, I've seen the grace of God make up a whole lot. And still watch kids grow up and become godly and walk with God and love God and, and serve God. My advice would be tonight to this, to every person here tonight, submit yourself to God where you're at. And watch what God does. And watch what God does. Because He can give you the grace, friend, to make up the rest. I've seen Him do it. I've seen Him do it. I've seen families sitting in churches and they're not, you, you know, they've gone through some hardships or difficulties and maybe it's a mom trying to raise her kids in church or a dad bringing their kids to church and mom's lost or dad's lost or whatever the case may be or divorce or whatever the case may be. And I've seen kids get saved and kids grow up and live for God and serve God because of the devotion of a, of a mom or a dad bringing their kids to church and loving God where they were at. I'm just telling you tonight. So I want you to notice the order. 
But I want you to also notice this. Submit yourself to the instruction of the Bible to raise your kids. You understand, that's, that's why this, this is given right here. And I, you, you know, it's, this is the Wednesday night crowd. And you would think that, you know, this would be a no-brainer. But you also need to understand this. People are foolish in our day. The people, want, people want their situations to be unique. Well, you know, that's good, preacher, but you don't understand my situation. All right? And they want it. listen, and they, and they think this, that God's ways don't work for, for me. Well, you need to understand something tonight. Your situation is really not as unique as you think it is. And God's ways do work. Uh, all right? And, and listen, and then, so, but see, this is what happens. Is everybody gets this all about me attitude. And, well, that works for you, but that doesn't work for me. And so they start going and looking for books and seeking out modern psychology and all the, the, all the foolish uh, of this world. L- listen, you don't need Dr. Spock. I said, you don't need Dr. Spock. You need the Bible. You need the Word of God. You need the one. Listen to me. You need the one who created the home and who knows how it, how it works. You need to submit yourself to what God has to say. That's what I would. Listen, look, look, look at the product of the world's methods. You want to see the outcome? Look, look at it. We have, we have a generation of deviants on our hands with no reverence and no regard for authority or the consequences of their actions. And and here's why. It's because of what kind of homes they came from. That's why. Marriages out of order. Mom rules. Dads acts like a child. Or or, or, Or the children rule and they're spoiled and they're rescued from every little consequence. And then all of a sudden reality hits and they have no idea how to cope with life. That's what's going on in our day. And listen, and I'm telling you, this is how nuts the world is. The world is recognizing the product that they're putting out, which is why now they're trying to figure out, well, should we do this or should we do this? I saw a TV show the other day that was an advertisement on a new reality show. I can't wait. And it was something like this, the parenting experiment. I was like, man, why don't they look just... Pull up Sermon Audio and, and listen to my series on home and parenting. That'll give you a parenting experiment right there. But here's what the world does. They freak out when you start talking about applying the rod. They freak out when you start talking about, you know, telling your kids no and training your kids. And cre- they freak out on stuff like that, which is why they got the mess they're in right now. You, you understand? Listen, it, this is all a bunch of baloney that's going on in our day. Let me help you with this tonight. The Bible works. And this is, this is what I was thinking about today. Years ago when I was pastoring in Cassville, and I, my kids were all little and growing up in church, and I'm going through these series, and I'm learning about home and parenting, and I'm, learn, and I'm, and I'm becoming a better parent, and my wife's becoming a better parent. We're studying the Bible and seeing all these things and growing, and then I'm preaching on all these things, and I'm telling the people, the Bible works, the Bible works. The Bible works, and I and listen, and and I could see it in our home. I could see the dynamic between my wife and I, and us growing close together, and the dynamic between our children, and the joy that was in our home as our kids were being raised up in a in a Christian, godly home. I could see that, and I can no doubt say the Bible works. But let me help you with this. Now, most of my kids are young adults, are becoming young adults, and can I say this tonight? The Bible still works. 
It still very much works. And I'm seeing the product of it in my lifetime. And I'm just telling you tonight, it works. And don't look at me tonight like, well, you know, preacher, my situation is different. So it may, no, it'll work. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It'll work. It'll work. The Bible works. I'm just telling you, you got kids in here tonight, little kids. Man, the Bible works. Best thing you can do tonight is realize the order right here. Submit yourself to God and His ways. And, and listen, trust the Bible. And man, I'm telling you, watch, watch your home in about 15 years and what God does. Amen. Yeah. Let me give you some things tonight from this. It's a proven method of raising children. And here's what it says. Number one, the authority of the home. Look at what it says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. When all our kids were little, uh, when they were, you know, starting to learn how to talk and read and, and stuff like that, I can remember we all, they, each one of them had memory verses. And Madison, man, she, she was born and just, man, just you talking about uh, awesome. And, and uh, that's what you had the first kid and man, they're awesome. And that's what dupes you into having more kids. And so, man, her, she was just a sweet baby and happy, smiling all the time. And so her first verse was John 3.16. Well, then we had Taylor. And Taylor, our next daughter, was born. And we thought we had the Antichrist. <laughs> so her memory verse was, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Amen. I can remember driving down through Pensacola and man, Madison quoting her. And then by the time Taylor got it, we were in Springville, Missouri. And Taylor, we're driving through Springville, Missouri. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Children, obey your parents. (laughs) Why? Because she needed to learn to obey us. Because parents are the one in authority. Let me me help you with a little bit tonight, parents. It is okay to tell your children no. Well, preacher, you know, my children are a little bit older. That's okay. They probably need to be told no too. Either your children, listen, either your children are training you or you're training your children. Okay, and as a sapling tree, all right, they need ropes tied around them so that they can grow straight and true. They can become healthy and and fruit-bearing. You you understand, you just throw a tree in the ground, and you, you might have the ground right, but if you leave it to itself, the elements that it's in is going to push it one way or the other. And it's the same with children. You just throw your kid in front of the TV set and the video games and go, all right, here you go. You better be careful. Hello? I'm just telling you because that's, that's the way that they're going to grow. And, and by the way, that's, that's what's happening. And, and let me say this. That's not just happening in the world. That's happening in our churches right now. That's happening in our churches where Christian moms and dads are throwing their kids to the wolves of Hollywood and all the wickedness and stuff like that and letting their little minds be corrupt. And that's why they're turning, they're going after all this LGBTQR, whatever junk that's going on today. I'm talking about independent, Bible-believing Baptist parents and they're filling their, they're letting their kids listen to all this wicked music and watch these wicked shows and play these wicked video games. And then they, and then all of a sudden they hit their teenager and they want to start doing this and doing that. And, and changing their gender and all this other wicked junk, and we wonder why. Because you're, you, listen, tell them no. Preacher, you're just trying to shelter them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to shelter them. 
I get it, man. Listen, I get it that they're going to have to face the world. But when they're six, seven, eight, nine years old, it's okay. They're not ready yet. Shelter them. Teach them the Bible. Show them what, what is right. Look at today's entertainment and the way the home is portrayed. Where children are rebellious and they're rebellion. Well, you know, that's just normal. No, it's not. Well, you know, that's a good thing. They're just sowing their wild oats. No, that's not a good thing. It's wicked. It's, 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 as, it's as the sin of witchcraft, the Bible says. Children are, listen, it's, it's children are portrayed as being far more intelligent when the parents seem to be completely ignorant and have no authority. This is the common TV show of our day and time. That, that is not how a biblical home is to operate. And by the way, it, again, it would, not, it would be wise to not let our children watch this kind of stuff and get this kind of concept in their mind. There should be a chain of command in the home. You understand? I, I think of the military tonight, and certainly uh, some of our men that have served in it would understand that. When you, when you enter the army, you are, the, you are at the lowest rank. You are a private. You have no authority. Am I right? That, that means this. Whatever they tell you to do, you do it. That's where a child is at. You're a private. That, that's how the home is to operate. Parents should be in charge in training the children, not, not children training the parents. And when your child, listen, when your child whines, don't give in. Don't, no, 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 no. Because here's the thing. Discipline them for being a whiner because here's, you got to understand, they're being disobedient. Whining is a child's expression, uh, a child's way of expressing their displeasure with your authority. I remember when I was growing up, man, and you started whining, and my dad would say, boy, I'll give you something to whine about. There's a, I'm just telling you, that was a good, that's a good Bible principle right there. Amen. You sucked it up then, didn't you? Do you understand, when, when they start whining and crying, man, I, it drives me crazy when, you, you know, a parent drops their child off at the nursery, and and I get sometimes there's a fear and all of that stuff of being away from mom and dad. And I understand that. But you understand, when they're, they're, just, they're expressing their displeasure with your decision making. And they're training you. They're trying to train you. Don't let them train you. You train them. But that's, you understand, that's the idea here, friend. When you give in and sympathize with their bad attitude, you've just been trained by your child. You should not have to count. One, two. Son, I, you never heard that in my house. Unless that was licks. I mean, you were. Because you were, you were counting fast. Get that over with. You should not have to yell. You should not have to tell them more than once. You tell little Johnny, come here. Little Johnny should come here. It shouldn't be. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. And little Johnny's going, <laughs> yeah, he might do that, but when you catch him, it ought to be, you know, close to death, amen. You are, tr- listen, you, I'm just, and you understand, that's all tongue in cheek, but what I mean by that is this, is that when you do things like that, when you're counting and stuff, you're training them to wait for the third time. You're training them to wait, what, one, two, 
They're waiting on three. You're training them. You're training them, and really the reality is this. They're training you to count. And things are out of order in the chain of command. And by the way, this applies to teenagers just as much as it does to our younger children. Though their bodies are changing, their hormones are all crazy, their voice is going all over the place. All right, listen, and, and, and they're given a little more responsibility. I understand that. Listen, but they still need parents. And they still need to understand that their parents are the authority in their lives and in their home. And let me give you some things here just very quickly about the, this verse. So that's all just kind of, just, just some highlighted stuff here. But, but look at, notice he says this. He says, and, and notice that the Christ and the authority here. Children are to obey their parents. And notice this phrase, in the Lord. I like that. Because, and, and listen, and I, and I, well, you know, and I realize people have, you know, always want to try to twist the Scriptures to their advantage, and unfortunately some have tried to change it to mean, well, you know, I'm only obligated to obey mom and dad if it's in the Lord. It's got to be from the Bible. Well, You know, there's not an 11th commandment that says, thou shalt take out the trash. That's not what that means. You should be taking out the tr- trash. Amen. The phrase in the Lord is directed specifically to children But it also has a great application to parents. And it's no different than the phrase, listen to this, unto the Lord. So you understand, so children need to understand this. Listen, your your parents, and I realize most of our kids tonight are downstairs and, and other places, but they need to understand that their parents were given to them by God. They are the authority and the protective umbrella that God has given to them. And their responsibility is to obey their parents and to follow them, listen to this, as they would unto Christ. That, that's the idea. And, and here's the thing. Listen, and I, again, I, it, listen, it, when children, when their relationship is not right with their parents, then that means this, that their relationship is not right with God either. Because they're to obey their parents as unto the Lord. And you may, listen, and this is the thing that I see, is that you may, you may have a love and respect for the youth director. They, they may have a love and respect for the Sunday school teacher or the preacher. But if their first priority is to their parents. And if you're not right with your parents, then you're not right with God. And I've seen many a young person be, be kind and 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 obedient to the youth pastor, but then turn around and have a completely different attitude towards their parents. And I'm telling you tonight, that's not right. That's not right. The first biblical authority in your life is your parents, and you should, you should be obedient unto them as, as children tonight. But this also applies to parents tonight. It means this, that when your children disobey, they're not only disobeying you, they are also disobeying Christ. And think about this. And I think this is one of the fundamental flaws in parenting and the reason why children are often not getting saved because you got to understand this. Disobedience is a great time to teach them that they are sinners not only before us as parents but also before God. I'm tell, listen, listen, parents, there are many times when our children disobey that we should be able to take them right to a Bible verse and say this is what the Bible says about this. You've not just broken my law. 
You've broken his law. You catching that? Yeah, parents in their training and authority must realize that in their training and discipline, it is a picture of Christ. Children are naturally indulgent, and indulgent simply means doing what you want to do, and children have not yet learned how to control their indulgences in their sin nature. And when they disobey, show them why they disobeyed. It's because they are a sinner. Man, we had this talk in chapel today. And show them those things. This is why it's so crucial for parents to have authority in the home, to set ropes and boundaries within the child's life. You are a representation of God's authority. And if you do not train your children to respect and honor your authority, it's most likely they won't respect and honor God's authority and may not even see their need to be saved. I'm just telling you this, and you can take this for what it's worth tonight. And I want you to listen to this. I look back on my life, all right, and my kid, my, my mom and dad did not take me to church on every Sunday and Wednesday night, all right? And I've said this often, I, I believe my parents are saved. We just didn't, you know, come up in a Christian home in that way. But one of the things my parents did was that they taught me right from wrong, and they disciplined me. And I believe this, I believe that was incredibly crucial when I was faced with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that. I believe because once I understood that there is a God, I, and I understood that I, I mean, you didn't have to convince me I had sinned against God once I understood that because I understood authority by then and I realized, man, I've messed up, I'm in trouble. And I called on the Lord and I got saved. And I'm thankful for that. And I don't listen to me and don't look, well, you know, they're just, we don't want to mess up their little personalities. Well, my parents didn't mess me up at all, I'm fine. No, that's a, that is a cop-out. Stop it. You are not. Listen, I, well, I just don't want him to have a bunch of resentment. I will probably, listen, I'm telling you, I am 47 now, and I look back, and I don't look at my parents and go, I just can't believe how much they whoop me. No, I'm thinking, I'm glad I didn't call, get called all them other times. And I'm glad that they whooped me. And now when we have conversations and my mom goes, Wes, I can't believe you did that. And I'm like, I know, man, I do, and I got away Son, I thank God my parents did that to me. I, I'm glad. I'm glad for that. Because I, listen, growing up and you, as an adult now, and I, I, you watch kids that get no discipline whatsoever, and I think, mercy. And my kids will look at me, and my son will look at me and go, Dad, he needs, his, he needs, he needs, he needs a whooping. I'm like, yeah, he does. I remember standing in line one time at the shopping store. I can't remember where it was at, Dillard's or or McCray, I can't remember what it was, J.C. Penney or something like that, and this little lady was standing there at the register, and her kid was just pitching a fit, and I stepped up behind her, I said, man, would you like to borrow my belt? My wife goes, will you stop embarrassing me? <laughs> Son, I'm telling you, straighten his hind end out right now. We'll fix some things right now. I'm just solving the world's problems one kid at a time. But you understand, listen, I'm just telling you, it's, it's in the Lord. You, we've got to take the time to discipline them, but to show them from the Scriptures. You've not just disobeyed my authority, you've disobeyed His authority. And to get them to understand those things. And, and I love this, and I love the confirmation in this. He said, children, obey the Lord. Obey your parents in the Lord. And I love this, for this is right. It's like God saying, because I said so. That's what it's like. And mom and dad, that's still okay too, because I said so. Well, why? Because I said so. And I realize kids ask a lot of questions and, 
you, you know, to a certain extent, it just needs to be this. You need to realize they're training you. Stop it because I said so. Oh, but don't get me wrong. There's going to get to a place where you need to explain to them from the scriptures why we do what we do. But for right now, because I said so, pretty good reason why. This book, friend, is to be the sole authority for faith and practice, and that includes not just this church and what we preach and where we stand, but why our homes are in the order that they're in. Whether it be our roles in marriage or the children coming under the authority of the parents. Well, why? Well, because God said so. That's why. But not only that, but I've seen the fruit of it. And it works. Now let me give you the second thing. Look at number two. All right, look at verse number two. Because this is what I would call, in verses two and three, this is what I would call the attitude of the home. Okay? He says, honor thy father uh, and thy mother. Okay? So if you have kids or were a kid, Pretty much everybody in here, all right? I did say pretty much. I'm still leaving, all right. Because there's a few crazies going, I was never a kid. Okay. I'm not arguing with you. I just think you're crazy. If you have kids or were a kid, then you know this. You can be obedient, but not have the right attitude. Okay? All right, taking out the trash while stomping your feet out the door. All right, you may have taken out the trash, but your attitude was not right. Is everybody with me? So therefore, you are not right. So what God does is, not only does He deal with obedience and authority, but He also deals with the attitude within that authority. And here's what He says, basically this, there should be reverence from children towards their parents. It's what the word honor means. It means, listen to this, listen, listen. It means to revere, to cherish, and to prize, as in fix a high value upon. That's really good. You, you understand, if you have parents, you need to be thankful for them. L- listen, let me, let me go even further to say this. If you have Bible-believing Baptist parents that loved you enough to put you in a godly Bible-preaching church in a godly home, you better be thankful for them. You Listen, and the attitude of reverence, this attitude of reverence is to be applied, listen to this, to both younger and older children. Okay, When it comes to younger children, attitudes such as rebellion, outbursts of Anger or fits or temper tantrums, complaining, griping, or any other types of evil behavior should not be tolerated within the home. Even even if they do what they are told, okay? Rolling their eyes, mumbling, backbiting, gossip. Other manipulative attitudes should not be tolerated. They are not honoring you. They're not honoring you. And by the way, they should not have these attitudes towards each, uh, their teachers at school, their Sunday school teacher, their youth director, or their preacher. Somebody say amen. They should, honor should be carried over from the attitude that they have to their parents to all other authorities in their lives. 
And when children become older and into adulthood, this honor should still be retained. You understand? And listen to this, and listen. It should be given when the parents and the adult children disagree over things. And I say that because I'm telling you, I've seen adult children make some pretty boneheaded decisions, but I've also seen I've also seen parents of adult children become very foolish. And, and, and adult children are trying to do the right thing according to the Scriptures, and their own Christian parents are being knuckleheads. But you understand, they can still, they can still do what's right, but still have the right attitude towards their parents. You, you understand what I'm saying? I, we were listening to a family the other, uh, testimony the other night of a young couple that God had put together, and they were getting married, and the parents... The parents were Christian parents and decided right at the last minute they wanted to stop the wedding. And they had done this to almost every one of their other children. They had, they had even some of their children that they weren't even on speaking terms with because of how, they've been, how they were treating their children when they were making godly decisions. They were just idiots. And praise God, the young couple went ahead and got married. And I was like, good, they should. It's the parents that are the one in the wrong here. Because sometimes parents are just not right. But you can still do what's right, but have a right attitude about it. And still honor mom and, and dad. Does everybody, does everybody understand that? You, you understand? So, so it does, when there's disagreements, there still should be honor uh, there. And by the way, it should certainly, uh, that honor, that attitude of honor should never be done away with. Reverence and respect should always be given. Care should be given when they get older. And I realize sometimes that care goes beyond what we can give, but we can still give what we can. And you may have to use a nursing home, but what a shame it is to see parents in a place like this and children who never take the time to visit them. That is so wicked. That is so wicked. I mean, and I've been in places like that and seen people, and they have kids that never come to see them, never. And, they, no, and it's not because they live out of town. They live right down the road. They just don't care. They're wicked. That is ungodly. That is absolutely, utterly ungodly. That is dishonoring. And by the way, look at the reward. Look at verse number 2. So it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So the parenthet- this is the reward for this attitude. The parenthetical phrase in verse 2 is a reference back to the Ten Commandments God gave Moses in Exodus 20. Honoring thy father and thy mother is the fifth commandment, but it's also the first commandment governing the relationships between men. And imagine that, God immediately dressed the home right off the bat. Your parents are to be the first of mankind in which you are to show honor to. That's what God will say. Well, you know, preacher, this is the Old Testament. Yeah, but it's right here in the New Testament too, and it preaches. And it's right. But it also shows the first commandment, which includes a specific promise mentioned in verse number 3. The first five commandments are to be obeyed simply because of who God is. But this commandment is not only to be obeyed because of who God is, but also because of who the parents are and because of the reward that comes with it. And this is what I have found in my own life. God blesses a home that is centered around Jesus Christ 
And He blesses children that honor their parents. No matter how old they are. He, he blesses. And number four, and I'm done. Look at the last thing here, number, verse, or verse number four. It's really point number three, and this is what I would call the admonition of the home. So you have the authority of the home, the attitude of the home. But then lastly, Paul ends on this admonition in the home, and he says, And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In this last verse, Paul issues this admonition particularly to the fathers, and I believe it's for two reasons. Well, first, if you're a father here tonight, you are specifically responsible for your home. You are to be the loving leader that God's called you to be, and you'll, be, you'll give an account unto God for that. You will. And, and secondly, I believe the, also the instruction that's given here is because of this, you're to be the primary disciplinarian in the home as dads. Your wife is the emotional creature and the weaker vessel. That does not mean she cannot discipline. She can hit you with a shoe and a flip-flop like anybody else. Amen. But in many cases, this limits her to apply proper discipline. And as mentioned in the last lesson, nobody ever said, wait until your mom gets home and that puts the fear of God in you. But when somebody said, wait until your dad gets home, your day was ruined. And and really, you you understand when he says this, he says, and you fathers, provoke not your children into wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. This This is what I see here. This is an admonition of balance. Do you, do you understand that? See, because here's the thing, okay, and you've got to grab a hold of this. Too many ropes on a small sapling tree will choke it, causing it to become weak. And so too will overcorrecting a child. And certainly, and I don't think, it, I, listen, it goes without saying tonight among this crowd, but we understand physical abuse. Like slapping, punching, kicking a child. That has no place in a home. That has no place in a home. All right? That, that is wicked, and that, that should be jail time, as far as I'm concerned. You should, that, that, that physical abuse like that. But you also understand this disciplining, even when it comes to applying the rod, applying it out of anger. Um, Things like verbal abuse, you, you understand, I, that, can, that can ruin a child emotionally. That can scar a child for their lifetime. You, you understand, you, you call a kid dumb enough times, they're going to start to believe it. And that is so ungodly. And that is so vile and, and so wicked. You, you understand, you, when you do things like that, you are causing, you are causing all kinds of insecurities you're causing emotional things that they're going to spend much of their young adulthood trying to overcome. But on the other side of that, okay, on the other side of that, we can't say that there is to be no discipline at all. Right? You understand? Because otherwise, listen, too many ropes and it chokes the sapling tree, causing it to become weak, but no ropes at all, and it's left to the elements. And this too causes crookedness, weakness, unfruitfulness. So so we understand that. So that's where this instruction comes in that says this, 
to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Nurture means this, to educate, to train, to correct, to chastise, and to instruct. And admonition means to rebuke, to warn, and to reprove. So it's the idea that we are to discipline, but that discipline must be balanced with the Word of God. It has to be motivated by a love and a concern for them, but also even their relationship with Christ. Think about that. Listen, don't, don't come to me tonight and go, listen, you, we're not to spank our kids. Because Proverbs 13, 24 says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son. You let a child go to themselves, really what you're saying is this, I hate my child. You, you understand that? Listen, what kind of parent would I be if I just said, all right, kids, get out there and just whatever, y'all do whatever. I'd be a terrible parent. I'd be saying that I don't care about them. Letting them go out there and play in the street or run around or do whatever, and somebody come by and snatch them up or something wicked happen to them, that's on me as a parent. You, you understand what I'm saying? So I am to discipline, but that discipline is to be balanced with love and care and correction for the, for the child. Listen to this. I am to rebuke them when they do wrong, but I am to build them up when they do right. I, I'm telling you, I heard a guy say one time, if there was one thing that I could do differently as a parent, it would be this. It would be to compliment my children when they did what was right. I would have done that more. And I think our kids need to hear that. They need to be complimented on when they do. Hey, good job, bud. Hey, way to go, sweetie. Uh, that is awesome. They, they need to be rebuked when they do wrong, but they need to be built up when they do right. That's nurture, and that's admonition. Now, here's the thing tonight. L listen, you and I are going to have to decide. Is my house going to go the way of this world? Or am I going to stay with God's plan tonight for my home? Well, I'm telling you tonight, for me, I've already made that decision. It's a no-brainer. I'm going to stay with the Bible. But man, oh man, if there's anything I can encourage families to do tonight, it's to say this, I'm going to do what the Bible, what the Bible says. Let's all stand tonight.